When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi friends, this is your Captain Alex speaking. Please enjoy this live recording of the Plant Powered Panel held at Look Mum No Hands on Tuesday the 22nd of January. Please note I'm a goof and the beginning of the recording is via the built-in microphone so it's a bit crap. So if you can hold out, I've put a timestamp below when the superb wired mic audio recording kicks in. Please bear with us, I'm sorry about that. (laughs) Can I add that it snowed this night and we had a fantastic turnout of people. And if you would like to watch a video back, I have a link below for a Facebook Live video. Thanks, everybody. Please enjoy. Officially, a very warm welcome to the Plant Power panel here presented by Rawbello. So thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. And also a huge thank you, of course, to Rawbello, but to our lovely panel as well. So we have ultra-endurance cyclist Laura Scott, we have Will Gurley, sports nutritionist, here to provide some facts and science, and pro rider Russ Downing, who um, has dabbled in the old veganism, predominantly vegan, and of course Laura, a vegan as well, and has been for eight years. So obviously has seen the market, has seen the choice on offer change drastically, I think even in the last six months or so, in terms of being a vegan. Fundamentally, eating less meat is good for the planet. I had some stats here that I looked up from the University of Oxford Research. It found that by cutting meat and dairy, we can reduce our carbon footprint per person by 73%. It's the biggest thing you can do to help the planet beyond cycling, beyond taking fewer flights, all of that. It is simply down to a vegan lifestyle. The farmland used for meat production will be reduced by 75%. And that would cut global emissions and, of course, reclaim lost habitat due for wildlife. And that, of course, causes wildlife extinction as well. Meat and dairy is responsible for 60% of greenhouse gas emissions, while only actually equating, and this is often a question I've been asked, and I'm sure you guys have been asked as well, is, what if you're vegan, where do you get your protein from? So for 60% of greenhouse gas emissions, only 30% of that contributes to global protein levels. Um, so it's not necessarily from meat uh, in terms of protein. But we're here to talk actually about what it is to be a vegan athlete as well. I'm going to stop talking now. I'm going to let the panel talk because I'd like you each to introduce yourselves, why you're here, why you're vegan or why you're interested in veganism. Uh, Russell, start with you. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, Russ Darby, professional cyclist for yeah, 
20 years or so now, and uh, I became uh, vegan plant-based in June of last year. I became ill in the season uh, through, through, yeah, just through overworking my body, doing, doing too much, and had a conversation with a good friend of mine who'd been vegan for like a year and a half, and he, he thought it might really help me recover and, uh, and become, become healthier, so I went away, had a, had a little think on it, and I was pretty, I was pretty wrecked at, at that time with, uh, with shingles. Um, system, everything was just a lot of harm, so I, uh... Yeah, I've sort of bought into that, and here I am now, you know, uh, yeah, however many months later, feeling unbelievable, uh, feeling, yeah, healthy and just more focused and ready to go. I think, who would have thought, you know, uh, a Yorkshire boy, you'd uh, <laughs> not not eat meat, you know, and go uh, go the full whole hog, but, yeah, it's, it feels great, and I say it's... Uh, definitely turned my uh, turned my season back around towards like September time I was I was going good again so yeah that's a quick intro <laughs> I am um, I rode w- the longest stage of the tour of Britain um s- ridiculously stupidly which was 220k and Russ joined for part of it and absolutely pushed the pace to the point where I s- couldn't keep up and had to be dragged up hills um but we were both comparing peanut butter sandwiches peanut butter and jam sandwiches all the things that vegans like to eat on the bike basically yeah, I think de- he even had an apple at one point, such was the, eff- the little effort he had to put in to drag me up the hills. It was just, oh, an apple will do. Just the three calories. Yeah, we did have a stop and there was just an apple tree at the side, so I said, I'll eat one of these, you know. But now I said, peanut butter and, and jam is just a, 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 great, a great little snack for bike riders, even, even non-vegan, you know. So to be able to eat that now is just, yeah, it's just a dream. <laughs> Thank you. Will... Hi, yeah, I'm a sports nutritionist. I've worked with One Pro Cycling for the last couple of years, as well as Trek Drops, so in the world of professional cycling, as well as a couple of world tour riders. I've worked with Invictus Games of Team GB, Team GB Paralympic riders as well, and all the people that also go to Ironman Kona as well, luckily. So I work with a broad range of athletes across different sports, and as well from omnivorous to vegan, and helping them all perform and stay healthy whilst doing the activities that they do. Um, I'm not a vegan, so um, I'm just here to, I guess, talk about health and how you can do veganism healthily and how you can support the activity that you do and do that properly. Thank you so much to Will for coming. And Will has also um, very kindly made a, well, you can explain it. It's basically a a daily recipe, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I've uh, printed off an example meal plan for one day in the life of vegan, I guess, to do that healthily and all the kind of different combinations of foods you need to do to create meals and to get all the nutrients you might need as a vegan. Thank you very much. And Laura, finally, ultra endurance cyclist. So somebody who needs a lot of fuel. Hello. <laughs> now it is. Um, yeah, I, I don't think not eating is a problem I have. Um, so I became I became vegetarian when I was 12. Um, at that point, it was probably because I was 12 and wanted to be different and was a bit of a pain in the ass. Um, I was on an outward bound trip in Wales and I decided that the vegetarian food looked better and it just stuck. Um, as I got older, it became much more about the environment and environmental impact. Um, this might sound really stupid and naive, but I had no idea that 
the chickens you eat are not the chickens you get eggs from. And so it, when I realized that, it felt really hypocritical to me that I'd been vegetarian for so long for environmental reasons, but the reasons I was holding myself to being vegetarian kind of meant I should be vegan as well. Um, and so I actually didn't really have a huge intention of going vegan. It was about eight, nine years ago, and I decided to give up dairy for a month, and just, I'd been having skin problems and just feeling really bloated, and, like, the only way I can describe it is I felt heavy all the time, like, and just lethargic, and so somebody suggested that it could be dairy, and I think as a vegetarian, it's really easy to substitute meat with cheese, and was eating a lot of cheese, Um, and so I think... At that point, I was like, oh, I'll switch out and just give up dairy, like cold turkey for a month and see how it goes. And I really loved cheese, like more than most people, I think. Like at any given time, I probably had like nine different kinds in my fridge. Um, And as soon as I gave up cheese, (laughs) I didn't feel so heavy and lethargic anymore. So um, it was kind of one of those ones that sort of off the back of that, I was like, oh, wait, maybe there is something here. And with my training and everything at the time, it, it suddenly, it just felt like I was able to perform better. I was a swimmer at the time, wasn't a cyclist. Um, I felt like I was able to perform better and just felt so much healthier immediately. And so it kind of, when people ask me now why I'm vegan, it's still predominantly for the environmental reasons, but at the same time, health reasons too. It just kind of transformed my life. I don't have 12 things of cheese in my fridge at any given point anymore. (laughs) Thank you. And um, for me, that's actually exactly the reason I pretty much went vegan as well. Um, I was always vegetarian for animal welfare. um, And because I didn't really like the taste or the texture of meat, I didn't view it as a food source. I viewed it as an animal. And so for me, it was that I couldn't disconnect that. So I went vegetarian when I was 14. I was also a swimmer. We're both called Laura as well. This is weird. Um, and then, yeah, I only I went vegan a year and a half ago. So it took me actually a long time, as Laura said, to connect the fact that the dairy industry is intrinsic to the meat industry. It's entirely reliant upon the meat industry. And the meat industry is entirely reliant on the dairy industry. And they're intertwined. And so if I'm, veg- if I'm vegetarian for animal welfare reasons, then, like you said, I'm a hypocrite. And I basically should have been... But should have been vegan. And also I was wearing leather and, you know, leather bags, leather shoes. Um, and so I just thought I'm being a big, massive hypocrite. Um, and so I, I cut it all out. And yeah, now just try and do the best I can. I'm, I'm vegan, been vegan a year and a half. Um, similarly with dairy, I think I cut out milk um, about three years ago just because I felt like it wasn't you know, I it was I had skin problems. It, I felt it wasn't doing me much good health wise. But for me, veganism was down to was down to simply animal welfare, um, and then the environmental causes and the fact that I just feel better. I know what is going in. I know what's you know. I I know what I'm eating on my plate. Um, I'm cooking so much more. I'm cooking more imaginatively. I'm using so much more variety of ingredients. There are so many good recipe books out there as well. And I believe it's never been a better time to be a vegan. I'm not here to, to you know, try and convert you. I didn't ask, is anyone here vegetarian, actually? Veggie. Okay, more vegetarians. Okay, I see the, yeah, you're thinking about it. Um, I would say it's a, it's a dive, where it's a step worth taking, but it is, it is a step and it, it can be tough. And we're here to discuss that in relation, of course, to power and to being an athlete because the demands of a normal human being 
is one thing and the demands of an elite athlete, somebody like Russ who races, somebody like Laura who obviously takes on crazy endurance challenges, someone like me who just rides a bit, uh, you know, and I live a very active, busy lifestyle. Being a vegan, therefore, you do have to be careful with what's going in um, into your body. Um, so, Russ, when you went vegan, and obviously you'd been super ill with the shingles, your immune system was whacked. I'd imagine your vitamins, your resources were all completely shot as well. What were the immediate differences you, you felt? I think it's like Laura said. The, the one thing I uh, remember feeling really, really good with is the non-dairy. You know, I felt, like I say, a lot lighter instantly. And uh, like I said, energy levels were just, yeah, were just through the roof, you know. And I think... Yeah, uh, I'm getting I'm getting older now, so I can't train as hard. But the recovery was just it was just there, you know. You didn't have to really, really supplement it with with other other products, you know. It was always yeah, pretty good. And so that, yeah, the just just the feel of it, the feel. I just felt I felt really really good recovery and sort of mentally, I felt focused and ready to ready to move on to the the next race or the the next challenge. So. I said I didn't have a didn't have a great season at the start of the year. I was busy. I got ill in May, and then I started to feel really good in sort of August September time. Uh, when we well, did the tour of Britain ride, just want yeah, to point out. Yeah, I was out. just starting to feel good then. Yeah, I thought I'd come out and give you some give you some pain. Give me a kicking, yeah, yeah. Uh, And then I won a race uh, August time, and then went on to being really competitive in the the last few few criteriums in the in the season, and yeah, it was just yeah. Felt felt great and yeah, here I am now. Still, normally in the in the winter season, you normally uh, you normally feeling a little bit rubbish. You know, as a bike rider, you tend to you tend to do things something differently. You know, to what you do in the season. And I, I my weight and uh, my yeah my, my mental state just stayed the same. So I think I've found a found a good ground. I think really to yeah stay uh, stay healthy. And any challenges? Because as I alluded to at the start, very often as a vegan, you're asked, where do you get your protein from? Um, I'm also, I've suffered from anemia when I was a vegetarian, uh, but predominantly due to Epstein-Barr virus, which I, I got about three years ago. Um, and my iron and B12 plummeted absolutely through the floor. And I was anemic, probably really quite anemic for seven months or so and had to have vitamin injections and was on very intensive iron tablets and all of that. Have you, did you have concerns about that as, as a pro athlete? Because your demands on your body are far greater than I would have put on mine. No, nothing, uh, nothing as much, you know, just take a, a really good, a really good multivitamin, which yeah. I've always done anyway as a bike rider, just yeah. in case you're missing on anything. Uh, so I have cheated a little bit over the last few months of started eating a little bit of fish, uh, which I feel as though, you know, it's, it's quite hard as a, as an athlete to, if, you, if you're going out to eat, you cannot just not eat anything, you know. So, like I say, I'm not full-on vegan. I'm more like a plant-based now over the last few months. And I just, that's made life easier for my wife as well, cooking. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's good, you know. But, uh, so, I'm not, you're not the full, uh, the full, full all thing, yeah. But, not so. a big roast dinner for you. No, no, anything, definitely, no, no. How was your my, first vegan Christmas? I was very good, yeah. and that was one good thing, you know. You always put your hands in the quality streets or anything. I just wasn't. You don't, doing, do you? No. <laughs> and one thing, probably, I shouldn't have exercised on Christmas Day because the uh, the old uh, pigs in blankets came out, and I was like, ah, oh, there no. was just. A, I used to maybe have ten or fifteen of those, but I didn't eat. Stay strong. Yes, yeah, stayed very, very strong, good. you know, and uh, and that was that. And so, 
like you're saying, one thing at the end of Christmas, you normally feel as though you've just yeah. ate your body weight in chocolate or something. Didn't feel that. We had, my wife did some nice desserts that were all sort of dairy-free and really nice. And there was just, yeah, dark chocolate lying around and not just your normal uh, quality streets and things. So, yeah, I didn't, didn't just not eat anything, but... No, I felt... Uh, had a smug f- Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> really nice, yeah. And, Will, when um, an athlete comes to you, indeed one with, you know, professional ambitions, one who's already racing professionally, and they and if they were to say to you, I'm, I'm a vegan, can I get all the nutrients in? What would your reaction be to that? Can you get everything you need in a vegan diet as an elite athlete? Yeah, so you can, uh, you can get everything in your diet as a vegan apart from vitamin B12. So everything you can get uh, from plant-based sources. So with the exception of vitamin B12. So that would be something you'd need to supplement um, separate to your diet. And that's something that is seen drastically across um, you know, all, all vegans that they are generally deficient in this uh, vitamin and you know there's a great study by Oxford that showed about 50% of um, vegans were deficient in B12 and that even within that 50 percentile 20% of them were taking uh, a B12 supplement and were still deficient in it so it's really something to consider how much you need to take and make sure that you're on top of that and I think anyone that was wanting to be vegan it'd be worthwhile maybe taking um, a blood test after a period of time and seeing where your blood levels are seeing where your iron levels are seeing where your vitamin b12 levels are so you can stay on top of something like that because I think it's it's better to catch these things early see how this new way of life is affecting your diet affecting the vitamins and minerals you have within your body and in relation to your exercise and then see if you need to make some changes and then how you can relate that to the food you're having. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I was vegetarian, B12 wasn't, I didn't even know it existed. That sounds so ignorant. But genuinely, I'd never heard of the the vitamin until I had this Epstein-Barr virus. And in recovering from that, I just kind of kept going with my normal lifestyle, which was very stupid um post-viral fatigue is very real and it absolutely destroyed my vitamin levels so my b12 just plummeted and i was having blood tests regularly because they had to check all my all my levels because my organs were affected um and my b12 just kept going down and down and down and they eventually said laura if you can't reverse this you will be on vitamin injections for life this is you know it was really serious mine was just over 100 and the absolute bare minimum you need for a human, let alone an active female, was 180, and mine was around 110. And the level of the the level of fatigue is unlike anything I've ever experienced. It wasn't like oh, I'll have a coffee and I'll be fine. It wasn't just have a good night's sleep. It was every day this fog around you, and you couldn't shift it. You go down for breakfast in the morning and be barely be able to go to the you know go and get breakfast and have to just basically go back to bed. And it was horrible. It was crippling. It really was. And for me, being an active person with a crazy, hectic lifestyle in terms of work, it was really difficult to cope with. And that was even before I went vegan. And for me, that was always the reason why I couldn't go vegan or I thought I shouldn't go vegan. Um, But in going vegan, I still have, like you said, the regular blood tests Mm. and ensure that my B12 is right. Um, My iron is still an issue and I can't get that up. Is that something that's an issue for for vegans as well is, is an iron... Um, supplementation yeah, it can be an issue i mean you can definitely achieve all the iron that you need from a vegan diet without having to take a supplement yeah. it's the considerations that every person needs to take where i think they jump into maybe veganism and don't 
maybe look at all the things that they're needing to get. So the amount of iron that you need, you, you see recommendations for iron for a vegan athlete um, nearly doubling to what a normal individual might require because of... So that's the RDA on the packet, right? So basically yeah. double that. Yeah, so um, a female will need 33 milligrams compared to 16 milligrams a day, and a male will need um, about 16 compared to 8, um, I believe. So it's important that we were getting these in, and because obviously the different sources that you get as a vegan as well, which are non-hemic sources, so the bioavailability of iron then is different. So the amount you actually absorb is less, so now you need to combine it with other items to increase that absorption rate so like things like vitamin c and course increases that iron absorption but other foods like which are very heavy in vegan diets like legumes lentils pulses the husks on oats are actually have things in them which then bind with iron and reduce the absorption of iron and the same things with polyphenols and tannin in ca uh, caffeine, tea, coffee, bind with iron as well to reduce absorption. So, I did not know about the caffeine thing. Yeah. That is an issue. So even if you're taking an iron supplement, yeah, and you're having your coffee with that supplement, you're actually kind of reversing what you're doing. So right. com combining <laughs> different know? nutrients with others and also considering how many of these, you know, the grains and things you're having. And there's things you can do to reduce that. So by fer uh, fermenting the products... Um, actually breaks down that and allows you to absorb it without affecting other parts of, of the nutrition. So we've heard from Russ, obviously, of how a vegan lifestyle greatly enhanced how he felt and how he raced. And um, Laura felt the same in cutting out dairy that suddenly her health really improved. But Laura, you then went from being a swimmer, which is a much more controlled environment, to being out on the road, adventuring and ultra endurance cyclist. So crazy training hours and even crazier, I guess, racing hours as well. How on earth do you manage to stay vegan out on the road? Because I struggle driving through Belgium at service stations. So let alone riding through these countries. How do you do it? Um, it's funny you say that because the first race I did was the Trans America, which for those who don't know, it's a self-supported ultra endurance race from Oregon to Virginia. Um, it's 4,500 miles. Um, you have to fix anything that goes wrong on your bike yourself. There's like, you sort out where you're going to sleep. Everything is up to you to figure out. Um, and the reason I chose to do that event was I'm Canadian, not American. Just clarify that now. Um, <laughs> but the reason I chose to do that event was it was the kind of crazy that I knew in a strange way. Um, I knew I would be able to read all the labels on the packages <laughs> and be able to figure things out. And so it was, it was a little bit of a safety net. It was, it's one of the longest endurance races out there. So it was, you know, like not entirely sure why in my mind I thought that was the, uh, I can read the labels, so that makes more sense to do. Um, but it did play into the factors that I sort of considered when I signed up for it. Um, when you're doing endurance races, because it's self-supported, there's no one who's bringing you food. There's no food stops. It's literally gas stations. That is your friend. Um, and gas stations can have some food. That's okay. But a lot of it, I mean, I think my diet when I'm racing is Oreos, um, nuts. Which are vegan, <laughs> which is incredible. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, most gas stations will have like various nuts. So I would kind of like pick a few. I'd be like, I'll get some cashews and some almonds and some peanuts. And like, that's got a mixture of nutrition in it, sort of. Um, and I'd get some Oreos cause that's like my sugar and my fat. <laughs> and, um, 
and it's it's not a science because obviously you're kind of picking from what you have available. So for me, it was always really important leading into events that I eat really well and I'm on top of my nutrition and I'm taking all the supplements. And um, there's loads of at-home blood tests you can do now where you basically just jab yourself in the finger and it hurts and it's not great, but you send it through the post and they tell you like, yep, your vitamins are fine, you're good. Um, And I was doing all those things to kind of make sure that I was staying where I needed to be so that when I was putting myself into a race scenario where I know I'm not going to be able to eat properly and I know that my body is going to be under so much stress, I'm in the best possible physical position to start with and then hoping that that will be enough to kind of last me however many days the race is going to be, um, whether that's a month, which the Trans Am generally takes about that, or, you know, two weeks or a week. It's just being a sort of topped up as you can and then get it when I get back again just being so focused on recovery the one thing I do take when I'm with me is um, amino acids um, as sort of protein alternative Um, again because it's mostly about figuring out recovery and making sure that your muscles are sort of repairing themselves and knowing that I'm not necessarily getting all the proteins that I would I mean like I probably could find a can of beans in a gas station, but eating that with a spoon on the side of the road, not heated, doesn't really appeal to me massively. And so the Oreos are probably going to win over that, <laughs> to be fair. Um, but yeah, so it is, it, it's tricky, I think. Um, and the, the other challenge that you face is because the times are weird too. So you're rolling into towns as everything is shut. And so at night, my dinners would often consist of a pint of beer and a plate of fries because um, the pubs are still open and that's what they're willing to do for you. But it, it's it's interesting because I think, like, I've talked loads about this in other sorts of talks, but in endurance events, people really want to help you they, when they realize how far you're going and the crazy things you're up to. If they if you tell them that you don't eat meat or whatever, they're like, then okay, well, can you eat this? Can you eat this? Like, we need to get you food. Like, there's no way you're going to be able to cycle 100 miles tomorrow if we don't feed you. Um, so people are quite helpful as they can be, but... You do have to, yeah, I've eaten some really bizarre things um, on the road to just kind of keep the energy up and keep going. Sounds absolutely brutal. Um, And just on that, Will, I guess being a vegan and being an endurance elite athlete isn't all plain sailing and it takes huge amount of organization and preparation. Um, What do you think the myths are about being a vegan, both in terms of... um, Sort of, you know, the myths are, well, you don't get enough protein and you don't get this and you don't get that and... But also equally, I know that vegans will say, well, you can get everything you need from a vegan diet. So can you kind of dispel those based on the science of nutrition? I, I, th- I think I mentioned at the beginning, you know, you can achieve pretty much everything you need in a vegan diet um, without, you know, needing to take supplements and things like this apart from that vitamin B12. But there's other considerations to make where we think about this change that you make to a different diet where suddenly the majority of the food you have is actually low calorie. The majority of your food is high in fiber, so suddenly you're getting satiated a lot quicker. So now you might actually be eating less calories because you're getting fuller quicker, but now you're exercising daily, you're doing several hours or 10 hours over a week of your riding, and you're having less food. So your body fat might go down initially, but then let's think long-term, let's think chronically. Now you've had a lot more vegetables and things like this, but long-term, how does that affect you? And, you know, how, how does it affect you having less of these certain nutrients if you're not paying attention to these different aspects of this new lifestyle? 
And I think that's, that's pretty important for people to consider when they, when they do that. And I think, um, you know, vegan activists will say, well, if you could take a pill that would automatically reduce your risk of cancer, of obesity, of heart disease, would you take it? And of course, like unanimously, you'd absolutely take that. And they say, well, that's being a vegan. Is that backed by science as well? What, that being a that vegan? That being a vegan will cut your risk of, of you know, fatal, <laughs> potentially fatal diseases. I mean, that's a very tricky question because... Um, that's why you're here, Will. That's yeah. why I'm asking you. You're on the spot now. <laughs> Thanks. Um, a lot of it, you know, literature that comes out about this, if inevitably, if anyone eats a lot more vegetables, a lot more antioxidants, a lot more things like this in their diet, they're going to have better recovery. They're going to have um, less inflammation in their body. You know, there's also a lot of literature out there that says how milk can actually help prevent uh, colorectal cancer. And things and reduce incidence of type 2 diabetes. You know, there's a, a, a great study that showed out that looked 600,000 people um, that had, and 50,000 of which had type 2 diabetes, and regular consumption of dairy actually reduced their risk of diabetes or the level of diabetes they had. So there's, there's a lot of it always information that will relate to other sides of each story. Um, I think it's, that's always something to consider. And there's not probably enough long term research looking at vegans over you know a long period of time a long amount of years to suggest that it's specifically because of that because what also comes with veganism is a different lifestyle choice um the things that you do you know you look at the blue zones in the world blue zones are related to the people with the longest um longevity in in life and these people drink alcohol they have omnivorous diets and they're very sociable people and they don't live a vegan lifestyle so that doesn't necessarily relate to you know long life just to be vegan um, so I guess the question is uh, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, it's a yes or no answer Will <laughs> I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. <laughs> I'll take it I'll take yeah. it okay uh, one final question for the panel and then I also want to talk to the Royal Velo guys as well over there before opening up to questions from the floor too um, the best and worst thing about being vegan or, or eating plant plant based Russ start with you 
probably go to the pub with the boys, you know. You can't just uh, have a have a burger, you know. But no, it's like I said, being from Yorkshire, we just you know, you get you get called some weird names. But no, it's, I say it's all. Uh, that's probably the only only bad thing I say. I'm feeling really good with it, and sort of the probably the the first couple of weeks of being uh, been been vegan was really hard because you had things in the cupboard. So it was like they were there, they were staring at you. So, you know, as a bike rider, you always go to the limit and you, you come in the house, you're absolutely starving, you've blown, what You'd do eat I anything, eat? Wouldn't you? And you're looking at something that you can't eat and I just had to pick it up and throw it in the bin quickly. So for two or three weeks, that was probably the hardest period. Strong willpower. When things were staring at you, I was like, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do this. I better throw it away then or else I might eat it. So now, yeah, it's just a getting over the... Uh, yeah getting over the uh yeah the, the transition trade. isn't it? It, it, is, yeah. it is adapting yeah um, and you have to and like i said earlier i think one reason why we myself and my wife have introduced fish is just sometimes you just cannot get anything if you yeah. go you go to the you go to the restaurant you go you go to a meal out i think the reason why we did start eating fish we went to went to france for my uh oh, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah went to france for, for a little four-day break and we just couldn't eat anything so no we just thought right we cracked and then we thought right well we'll have it probably once or once or so a week you know and uh, it's, it's definitely helped my friend's getting married in France and she said to me that they think that chicken is vegetarian. <laughs> so that I think vegan is an absolute alien <laughs> yeah, concept yeah. to them. Um, Laura, for you, the best and worst thing about being vegan? Um, I mean, in some ways I feel like there's the ethical side of it for me, which I travel a lot. I do loads of things that are probably not great for the environment. And so for me, like knowing that I'm doing one thing it you know like there's always that whole like oh but it's one thing and you could cut down on other things like it's still nice for me to know that I'm trying to do my one bit for the world and for the planet and I think like I'm one of those people I get really upset about all these articles in the Guardian constantly about how we're doomed and like it doesn't matter so I may as well like get a steak um <laughs> I kind of like in my mind I still think like it is important and I think that we are at a tipping point and there is a lot we can do um for the planet and so I think there is that bit which I think is quite nice like it feels like hopefully I'm on the right side of history with this um and that there is a history <laughs> um worst thing I don't really know if there is a worst thing I've been vegan for so long now I think when I first was vegan I would have told you it's like there's no cake anywhere and there's no yeah. sweets and there's nothing <laughs> but like what there was like three different cakes here tonight um and so I don't really see that as a problem I think I was telling Laura earlier when I first moved back to London and I was in a pub or something and I was like oh do you can you do any vegan options and they're like well you can have the fish and I was like that's not vegan okay cool um it's not even so vegetarian what, yeah like what am I gonna eat yeah. and that's just completely changed in the last yeah. few years I mean the landscape I mean you can go into so many restaurants and there's not even just an option you have your own menu of things now like I'm one of those people who's like I can't make decisions around food anymore because I'm so used to having my one thing I can yeah, eat and it's now I've got five so like I want them all <laughs> um, 
So yeah, I don't really have a bad thing, to be honest. <laughs> I would say my bad thing would be that, like like you said, I think the choice now is incredible. And everywhere you go, you generally will get starter main dessert. But for me, it's going into somewhere knowing full well I can have a dessert. Ooh, like, yeah. the, I miss dessert and I miss <laughs> biscuits. Like, I know Oreos and I think rich teas, ginger nuts, all vegan. But I just miss... Boring. I mean, my mom had like, for Christmas, she had these deliciously chocolatey, decadent M&S biscuits and I couldn't have any of them. And I was so gutted because they looked <laughs> amazing. Um, so for me, it would be not being able to just, just eat what you, what want, you want when you yeah, want um, and having to just think about it. Um, but like, you, I think, Laura, I agree with you. I think being vegan, I feel like we're on the right side of history, uh, I hope. Um, <laughs> yeah. And for me, it just, I love the fact that I now cook and I... I, you know, experiment with different ingredients. I'm so much more imaginative. And actually, I am somebody who will be completely stuck to their phone or their computer for like all hours of the day if I could be. And so for me, taking an hour out in the kitchen is actually this kind of real mindful space where I can just lose myself in cooking something rather than lose myself in my phone. <laughs> so for me, I think just the experimentation with veganism and yeah, just feeling feeling positive about it. Um, leading on to that, Raw Velo then have their samples ready and raring to go. We um, They also have a microphone in hand. So, Jason, uh, Raw Velo then, first, it's the first one, right? 100% organic and as vegan. F- as far as we know, we are the only 100% organic. We'll take that. There you 100% go. 100% vegan sports nutrition brand on the market. Yes. Fantastic. Um, Where did it come from? Where You know, the concept of it. So I guess the, the, the whole idea behind the, the having a nutrition brand in the first place comes from, from our need as athletes. The, the, what we saw as a whole in the market, the things that we couldn't get. Um, I, I would say uh, in the past tense, used to race as a cyclist. Not at anywhere near the level of these guys, but I, I it, it was for fun. I enjoyed it. Um, and, you know, nationally in this country. Um, and I just never really bought into the, the products that were available. I, I used to look at the... I, I'm somebody that's always cooked, always been interested in eating healthily, um, and always had an interest in food and taste. And I would look at the back of the, uh, the packets, and I'd look at the ingredients lists, and I would be looking at stuff going, well... I don't really know what this is and I don't really know why I need it. So why am I eating it? And I would question it. And often there weren't any really good answers to those questions. So it's like, well, surely there must be a better way of doing this. So for all the time that I've been riding and I've been racing and and, and, and enjoying cycling as a sport, I just always did things in the most natural way I could. So that would include the usual things that most cyclists have. Bananas, amazing probably the best sports food available um and you know 100 natural and dried fruit and all the kinds of stuff that's out there and even things like fig rolls which have been around for many many years i used to listen to the the the, the old guys that i used to go cycling with and they say oh we've always done it like this and you know because sports nutrition as we know it hasn't actually been around that long and all the language that exists around it and the science that exists around it hasn't actually been around that long in its current form um, it's quite a new phenomenon. So anyway, we decided to look into that. I decided to look into that and, and realize that there was a better way of doing things and that it could be done. And that's where the brand comes from. It's the, we're making the products that we think, well, the products that we want and the products that we think that other people should use. The whole 
underlying ethos behind that is that your sports nutrition should essentially be as healthy and as good for you as possible and as good as all the other food that you would choose to eat. Why, when you start exercising, when you get on your bike, when you go out and do your run, whatever it is you do, should you suddenly go, okay, the fact that I eat this really healthy diet just goes out the window and I'm just going to start taking all these chemicals, all these additives, all these preservatives, all these things I wouldn't normally choose to eat but it's fine because I really need it because I've got to be better and I've got to improve and it's telling me that that's what's going to happen. And it's just not backed up by real science. So we decided you just don't need all that stuff. You can do it naturally. And that's where it came from. And as we started researching and as we started developing our products, what became more and more apparent is that when your body's under duress, actually the best way to do that is to be vegan. Um, obviously when you're making nutrition products like this, I mean, they are going to be, a lot A lot of the ingredients are going to be vegan anyway, but particularly when it comes to things like recovery, um, you know, whey protein, whey protein isolate, those kind of ingredients, and what most people don't realize, they're actually a waste byproduct of the dairy industry that was then repurposed by the sports nutrition companies and seen as a really easy cheap way of providing a protein content to their products you don't need it and actually a lot of people that i mean i'm you know I'm, you guys might disagree but will might disagree but there's a lot of scientific evidence that go that, that proves that even if you're not necessarily lactose intolerant when it becomes a whey protein isolate there's a very good chance that you won't necessarily assimilate that very well um because of the way that it's produced and because of the fact that it is an isolate Whereas if you have a really good, clean, vegan source of protein, and this day and age it's very easy, they, you, can, you can produce protein from a lot of different legumes, so you can produce something that tastes good and provides you with a full amino range in a vegan protein, it's a lot, lot easier to assimilate. So when you're trying to recover from exercise, you take a vegan protein, it's much more likely that it's going to have a positive benefit on your recovery. But the truth is as well, if you're eating products that, are f that have a nutritional benefit when you're exercising and when you're recovering from exercise, you will recover faster. So our, you know, one, one of the things that we say is we can't promise you that if you eat our products, you're going to go 10 seconds faster in your club 10 mile or that you're going to be able to go for this much longer. But what we will say is if you use them as part of a really healthy diet, you recover faster from exercise, you'll have less inflammation, you're more likely or less likely to become ill, therefore you're going to recover faster, you're going to be able to exercise harder, and in the long run, which is the way that we like to see things, is in the long term, not the short term, you'll just be a healthier athlete. So yeah, that's, that's, that's us. <laughs> there you go. And what products have you got here for everyone to try? So um, we have the bars, which are our organic energy bars, which is the first product in our range. Uh, we have three flavors of those here for you all to try. We have our energy gels, uh, which are, again, are all based on a very, very clean, the cleanest labels energy gels that you can buy. Um, and then we have our hydration drink mix, which we're just going to pour into these glasses and you can come and help yourself to that. Uh, again, very different for anything else in the market. We don't believe in the fact that your, your, your drink should not be a source of energy. Your drink should be purely for hydration. Again, there's really good science to back that up and I'm happy to talk to you about that if you'd like to talk to us about it. Um, but yeah, please come up and try and we've got bars for all of you to take away as well with you at the end of the
Thank you very much. So yeah, do head on over, get your samples and also chat to the guys as well about their brand. Um, we'd love to hear from you now. Does anyone have any questions? We will have a radio mic being, um, yeah, Alex has got that one in the audience now. Anyone got any questions? So many. <laughs> Please, someone have a question. Yes. Probably a very stupid question, but um, is uh, uh, a supplements the only way of getting um, B12? I believe so. That's um, it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, <wait. laughs> um, there is a lot of fortified vegan foods with B12 now. So nutritional yeast, um, you can buy that with B12. It kind of tastes like cheese. It's great. Like sprinkle it on your sweet potato. Highly recommend that. Um, also, a lot of the fake milks or alternative milks have B12 in them now. It's just checking the labels. So, yes, it is a supplement, but there's ways to bring it into your food that aren't a pill. Yeah, so it, it, there are fortified foods. Can I just say, nutritional yeast sounds disgusting, but it, like Laura said, it's absolutely delicious. And I it's, put it, I put it on every, like actually everything. When this is a bad story, but when I first became vegan, I didn't know what nutritional yeast was, and I confused it with just regular yeast. And I made a pasta dish with regular yeast, and my sister and I ate it. It was like supposed to be a macaroni and cheese type thing, and. It was okay. Like, it didn't taste that great. And then slowly our stomach started to... <laughs> so it is not normal yeast. It's something else. You can find it in, like, Holland and Barrett's and a lot of drugstores. Um, I think Tesco are selling it now as well, oh, actually. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, so it's called Engevita is the brand, is, is the brand that, that I have anyway. Yeah, um, that's what I use. And it's good. It's Yeah, just don't mix it up. <laughs> yeah. Any other questions? I just to say that it looks like fish food, and it's delicious. Yeah, it's really weird, but... Yeah. It does look like fish food. Yeah, no, my boyfriend has once called it skin. He opened it and was like, why is there like foot skin in here? And I was like, oh my God, that's going to put me off for life. But uh, no, it is delicious. <laughs> it's not skin. Anyone else with any questions? Uh, yeah, uh, when I came in from a ride, you know, sort of like I hit the fridge and it's like milk, cheese. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I could hear you anyway, but yeah, carry yeah. on. Um, I, I, I hit milk and cheese. What? What do you guys do when you know? What's what's the vegan alternative to? And I'm not I'm not sort of saying something like milk or something like cheese. I'm just sort of saying, what what do you really sort of crave when you get in from a ride? And like uh, I'm a big uh, peanut butter and jam fan, so okay. it's just something like that. You know, absolutely <laughs> love good. it. And I say the first few weeks was I was the same as you. You know, you want you want to. One thing I was talking to Will about earlier is a bike rider. You tend to eat a lot of cereals you have a bowl in the morning and then like I said you come in from a ride you have another bowl nine o'clock oh let's have a bowl of cereal so that's like <laughs> you know that's a that's a pint and a half of milk or something gone there so just chopping out the dairy it's, uh, it's, it's helped hell of a lot like I said yeah try a, a peanut butter and jam or something on like a on just, yeah some, some type of bread you know yeah I tend to it depends like what I'm doing training wise um when I first get in, because it's like I just need something now, I tend to just make a protein shake. I really yeah. like cherries, so I just chuck some like fake milk. Um, I tend to use oat milk mostly, which has protein in it too, and um, frozen cherries and a bit of protein powder, and then have that while I like figure out what other food is in the vicinity that I can make something. It's kind of like that instant like just get get the hunger under control so I can yeah. think, and then yeah, find something else. Anyone else with a question? Sorry, Will, were you going to say something? I know that you've got a smoothie on your on your recipe, on your sort of like day menu, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's um, 
Well, I, I was going to say from a, from a point of view, when you're coming from your right, um, it definitely it, it depends what you're actually like essentially looking for from that. So if you're looking at any kind of adaption to exercise, so the reason if you've gone out to improve, you need to have protein afterwards. Um, there, you know, there's plenty of new research showing how the creation of new mitochondria, which is the aerobic cell that you use to perform aerobic exercise, does not get stimulated to be created if you don't have protein after that ride. And such stimulation is seen actually 48 hours after that ride. So when they compared taking having protein after a ride to not having it, you didn't get that stimulation afterwards. So you're not actually improving or adapting to that given exercise if you're not having protein afterwards. So you're more than welcome, obviously, to have any kind of food that you'd like. Um, and obviously, more high glycemic index foods will resynthesize into the muscle quicker, things like this, um, like your bread and jam. But if you want to improve to that um, exercise, you need to have that protein afterwards. Um, and you don't have to have it like straight away. You can have it, you know, within two hours would be, would be fine. Yes. So what kind of protein powders do you use? I know that a lot of my friends use Huel, which is quite popular. Is there anything else you would recommend? Yeah, I use um, two predominantly. So I use Vega, which is a um, Canadian brand, but I've seen it more and more here recently. And then another one, which is actually just based in East London called Maca, um, which is a smaller and they're in um, Planet Organic and places like that. And I think you can buy them online. But it's the nice thing with them is it's like, they're very focused on being a clean protein as well and not using, I think it's very easy for a lot of these protein powders to put like fillers and bulk them up with all kinds of other stuff, um, which you do see a lot. So it's just whatever one you get, just read the ingredients. And if the ingredients sound like natural things, you're probably on a better path. I don't know. You can probably add more on that, but. Um, I mean, I don't, uh, I'm not, I'm not tied to any specific sports supplement brand. I'd just say go for a vegan blend, uh, which is a blend of uh, hemp, pea and rice usually, uh, provides all the amino acids that you need to stimulate muscle protein synthesis or the, the new formation or creation of new cells and recovery. Um, you can just have uh, one aspect of it. You like just a pea protein or something like this. If it's flavor, it you know, is preferred, but then you could, supplement on the side with the most anabolic amino acid which is leucine to then further stimulate that and make sure that you're getting that recovery process anyone else with a question yes um, but it's really nice to hear that a proper athlete goes out and wants to eat Oreos and nuts and stuff on her ride um, so when you first went vegan did you have cravings like I tried it for a couple of weeks and just craved cheese horribly um did you have anything like that yeah definitely I think especially I think there's two sides to it I think yes I was craving it because I was craving it and there was a weird thing like I've told a few people this before like I I think when I I'm one of those people like once I set my mind to something I'm really really stubborn so like that kind of helps a little bit um and there was probably like a three to four week period where I was just like, I'm just going to give up and eat the cheese. Like it's, it's calling my name kind of vibes. And suddenly it just stopped. Like I just stopped having those cravings for it. And it was really strange because like, I like, it's not an addiction to cheese, but like it suddenly felt like that's what my relationship had been. It just, when I suddenly stopped craving it, I was like, Oh, I don't miss it at all. And it's funny because people ask me, like, I'm sure other vegans will get this question a lot it's like if you weren't vegan what's the one thing that you would like 
you know, if you're going to not be vegan, what would you eat? And everyone was like, I bet it's cheese. And I'm like, actually, even if I was not to be vegan anymore, I still would never eat dairy again. Um, cause the way that it's changed how I feel, um, and just like my skin's better. I feel healthier than I ever felt when I ate it. And I, so that for me is a big change, but I also think there's, as I was saying with vegetarian food, it's in everything. It's what people substitute meat with. And so I think mentally there was also a big shift to be like, well, what do I put in my food instead? Because I was so used to eating cheese as like, you know, like we'll just put some halloumi in this and that bulks my meal out. Um, and trying to find those things that would replace halloumi was really, it's, it was really tricky, especially back in the days where there wasn't a lot of tofu in your grocery store. I used to go to, there was like a great, um, Asian grocery store up near Hackney near London Fields and I'd go there and they called me the tofu girl because I'd like bulk buy it um, and, and it was because it was one of the few places I could actually find good tofu like they didn't have it in Waitrose then Personally, I do, um, but obviously that is contentious. I used to keep bees and my grandparents kept bees and so I've always had a kind of weird relationship with bees, I guess. Um, but I tend to pick local honeys, um, and then I sort of also use it as a way. I get hay fever, so as a way of like dealing with hay fever. So I buy um, honey from Regent's Park because I live near Regent's Park, and so for me, like it's small batch. It's not like these big commercial farms, and it's also local pollen, so it helps with my hay fever. Um, but yeah, that's. Uh, I think maybe that's a thing to raise as well i think with veganism there's obviously so many different levels and beliefs within it and some people are really really strict and other people aren't and i think for me personally because i come from it at it from an environmental perspective i think it's like whatever step you're doing to be a lighter touch on the environment through your food choices is good and so, you know, if you're eating fish once a week, like, I'm not going to criticize that where some people might, but like, it's, you're still making your effort to have a better impact on the environment. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's, we can get like bogged down in being really, really strict, but I think also from a realistic perspective, if I'm telling you all that you have to give up everything that you love right now, otherwise you're a bad person, nobody's going to do it. So it's yeah, it's, of... it's exactly that, isn't it? It's that sort of militant veganism that you you see stereotyped within the press, within media, which I think, I mean, I don't know, from my point of view, it wasn't off-putting, but is, is that off-putting for you as vegetarians, as people contemplating a vegan diet? Is that sort of militant way of going about it off-putting? I'm guessing Yes. Sort of. For me, I think with, with the honey thing, I, I come at it from an animal welfare point and I view honey as a kind of byproduct of bees living, as in that's what they it do. It is, but it is. They're isn't. also farmed though, right? Yeah, and I think so you take bees need honey, like that is their food. And in commercial beekeeping, you take it all away and you replace it with sugar water, which isn't as good for them. Um, and like that's part of the problem. So you're basically taking their food away and replacing it with something that not all of them are going to survive on. So I, I tend to use alternatives just, just because I wasn't sure on it and I kind of didn't want to harm bees. Because yeah. I actually really was given a pineapple-based honey the other week okay. um, that was made in Wales. And it's like bizarre because it's pineapple and it's Wales and it's honey. <laughs> um, like there's so many things that are strange about it and it is delicious. Like it is enough to convince me to like 
give up honey to be honest <laughs> so i use like agave syrup or date syrup typically um if i'm not using honey and i don't tend to eat things with honey in it I, I try to avoid it i try and do my best i think that's the point that laura made as well as it's just about not being like right i will never eat this again and i can never do this again it's just about doing your best and doing your bit and um i get like you said if you have a lighter touch on the environment if you're doing your bit for the animals then i yeah i can rest easy at night basically <laughs> any more questions from anybody yeah Oh, interesting. I um, so I've I use I use Bosch and I use uh, Deliciously Ella, and they're not sport specific. So, do you know one? Yeah, for- there is one, um, and it's only it's not like you have to download it. Um, it's the only one I found, and it's Cyclist in Australia. I can't remember the actual name of it off the top of my head, but it it was really good, and it kind of breaks it down into like pre recovery, yeah. like. Um, hydration and things like that. So it was really good in that sense. Um, but if you Google like vegan Australian athlete mm-hmm. cookbook, I'm sure something will come up. You'll find it. Will, there is a gap in the market there. Or you I have, can, you have I your can first tweet page. it later. You have your first page of your book. There's a gap in the market. The first page is over here. That's. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> it, will we see a vegan cookbook from Will Girling in the future? Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. So Rovello planning their vegan cookbook. Um, anybody else with any questions before we kind of wrap things up and you can all eat food? Well, no, no one's going to ask us. No, anything. no one's like, just be quiet now. Okay, well, thank you so much for listening so intently for your insightful questions. And a big round of applause, please, for our panel, Laura Scott, Will Gerling and Russ Downing. And of course, the Rovello guys. If you like what we do, like, rate, subscribe. You can do either either or on iTunes or SoundCloud. And if you have a cycling or podcast-loving friend, tell them about our show. Until next time, bye! Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.